Okay. So uh, I don't use fucking Chrome. That's right. Yeah, I'm I, I'm beginning to think maybe I should move away from Chrome to something else. Except that's the only thing that works with ZenCaster. Apparently. I know. I Unless I have maybe, Chrome just for ZenCaster, and I use Firefox for everything else. I wonder if you could maybe you could like get Netscape Navigator or something. And that's just Firefox, that. Roz. Yeah, Net, yeah, Netscape Navigator, but running on your reel to reel, and you mm -hmm. use it exclusively oh, for this. Oh, retro emulation. When I, was, when I was at Drexel, Name there was console. a brief brief period of time where the Blackboard Learn system worked um, exclusively on Netscape Navigator. Um, <laughs> we didn't. We we just switched when I when I went to college. We switched from Blackboard to Moodle, uh, and oh, Moodle is the giant, the biggest Moodle. piece of shit in the world, man. Wow. Oh, you're taking me back to a period of my life I don't like to think about. <laughs> Astonishing how, how much money goes into these software systems that suck. Well, it don't work. And, <laughs> that, like, and yet you're paying more in tuition anyway. It's, I love it's academia. So I, I love to pay more for less. It's always yeah, a great idea. That's the, I don't know, man. That, at least that's the Temple University promise. Um, well, anyway. Welcome to... Well, there's your problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters, which has slides. I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who is talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Okay. I remember this time. Yes. Uh, I am Alice Caldwell Kelly. I am the person who is talking now. My pronouns, she and her. Yeah, well, talk to that one guy on Twitter about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Liam Anderson. Uh, I'm your least favorite podcast host. So my pronouns are he and him. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't go into the. Uh, if you go on our Patreon, uh, either one of you, absolutely do not go into the exit survey section. So oh it, will hurt, it will hurt your feelings. I, uh, re I, reason I, for leaving Alice's tweets. There, yeah, uh, you got a couple of them. Some yep. some people reasons for leaving were just Liam. And I'm like, it's <laughs> fair. My There's ex too much Liam around thing. here. My ex girlfriend says the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, I had another joke ready to go, but now I can't remember what it is. So let's do a podcast. I find Wait, did I, I say I, my I, pronouns? Uh, he, he, he and him. Whether he, he him, he him. Yes. Yeah, I I, I have uh, I I have never looked at exit surveys, don't, and I will never look at exit surveys. It's real bad for <laughs> you. It's, it's that's yeah, a great I way was, to get some emotional abuse in. Yeah, I I was just kind of like. Uh, normally, you know, I'm very uh, gung ho and whatever else. I was just like, "What do you mean you're leaving? Why would you leave me?" Like, uh, I do have an announcement to make, which is that I, uh, my roommate Megan, is currently teaching from home uh, until Thursday. So she's teaching a class of sixth graders while I'm recording this profane podcast Incredible. in the room next to her. So if you if you're wondering why I might be a little more family friendly than normal, shout out to my mom and dad for complaining about the swearing I do on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was so, I was so glad that Justin that you uh, that you bleeped you swearing, you bleeped Liam swearing, and then you did not bleep me swearing. I yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, because my mom can't yell at you, but my mom will absolutely yeah, I'm yell. I'm allowed at to say it. Yeah, well, yes. your my mom will will yell at Roz and I, but she can't yell at you. That's right. As John Lennon said, uh, uh, the C word is the N word of the world. 
Man, John Lennon would have been so fucking cancelled if, if he had only survived long enough. He did get cancelled, it's just that a guy did it for us. Mm. That's the old-fashioned type of cancelled, you know? <laughs> Off to see the bootleg Beatles as the yes. bootleg Mark Chapman. Speaking of bootleg bands, um, what you see in front of you is a small wood frame building which is burned down. Yeah, I see that. Uh, this is another another one of these deceptively small disasters which turned out to be a really, really big deal because this building was a nightclub. Yeah, boy. Well, a huge mistake. I want to say something real quick about this band specifically. They also, pref- their name is Great White, uh, and I didn't, I didn't put this in the notes in time. Recently, so during the, now in the age of coronavirus, they performed a show a few months ago, maskless to like thousands of people at a mall. Cool. Very nice. So the second mass casualty event yeah, that Great White yeah. has helmed. Yeah, they yes. apparently love to do that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, today we're going to talk about the fire at the Station Nightclub in West Warwick, Rhode Island. Hmm. Two, two great ways of racking up high death tolls, nightclubs and fires. This is the yes. first nightclub fire we've done? Yeah, we don't talk about nightclubs, we don't acknowledge nightclubs on this yeah. podcast by and large. Well, we had that nightclub pier collapse. We did have that. That's true, that. Pier 34. But I think this is the first nightclub fire. Yeah, this is the first nightclub fire we've talked about, yeah. Um, but first, we have to do the goddamn news. Okay, okay so, so NASA put a car on Mars. Cool, um, I guess. Fancy, fancy research car. Nah, it's cool. I'll yeah. give them that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, uh, that's bef- they did it before Elon. In fact, they put two cars on Mars now. Um, so that, that's cool. Uh, government still Although kind my, of works, apparently. My least favorite uh, feature of this was people tweeting uh, video that was like, oh, so you're really just going to scroll past a video with sound from the surface of Mars uh, and, and go about your shitty memes or whatever, and the, the video was from Curiosity and the sound was just added. It was yeah, just it was, like, it was fake. You know, it, was, it, was, it was fake sound, yeah. It's like, don't fucking chide me for, for scrolling past. That's like, is there shit there? Is there a dude on it? No, I don't think there is, so I don't give a fuck. You yeah, should but, give a fuck, though, when you are forced to work in the Martian uh, sand mines, Alice. Yeah, listen, I'll watch, a, played, I'll watch a Let's Doom. Play you of Red Faction Guerrilla, and then oh, I'll have everything I need to know game. about Mars. Great I think it'd be game. funny if, if Elon Musk landed on Mars. And then Marvin the Martian walked up and just clocked him with the Acme Disintegrator <laughs> pistol, yeah. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of, of Elon and his whatever space colony of billionaires and also indentured servants or whatever they're going to call them, gig mm. workers. Uh, they get to the surface and it actually turns out that Red Faction was really real all along with a destructible, one env- destructible environment. Remember those? There yeah, were the destructible yeah, yeah. environments in 2001. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, good, good luck to um, Marvin space the Martian. Car. Yes, <laughs> and Marvin the Martian, who, whose job it will be to fight the space car. <laughs> and also Doom Guy. Yeah. Yep. Ripping and tearing. In other news... 
Uh, apparently, you can now sell internet art using non-fungible tokens for a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I saw this. Artists, the, fucking, the people with art degrees have found out about Bitcoin, so it's all over for us. But for some reason, this also destroys the environment. Yeah, which, I mean, it's not all bad. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I do not get, like, why we have to do this. <laughs> well, because it's, it says so much about our society, and also, like, if we do it enough, it's gonna uh, really sort of put a, an upper limit on how much suffering we have to endure, because we're just all gonna be, like, drowning in boiling seawater, which is what we want. This is true, yes. I just, the idea of a non-fungible token when the whole point of money is to be fungible is... No, this is good. This is, uh, this is fine, actually. This is artwork, which makes it unique. Uh, it's not unique. Know, I, I could do this with two hours in Photoshop. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I like, um, I, I screenshotted this, and now it's on the screen here. Uh-oh, uh-oh, what do we, you know, how can you do this? Without <laughs> getting the token, yeah. Um, I, I guess you're paying for the non-fungible token, and the art is sort of a bonus. Um, <laughs> I, I have been very confused about, like, Bitcoin in general, like, why it, it was worth money, and I've come to the conclusion that it's all just backed up by the price of energy that goes into uh, mining it. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's only going to go up, which Our, is good, yes. I guess. So people will use more energy to mine more Bitcoin, which will make the price of energy go up, and there's there's no way this this is ever going to come crashing down on anyone. I love um, tulips. Someone, yes. I love to buy tulips. I love to trade tulips. Sometimes I, I love lay selling down in people. A field in them. Yeah, I, think I love selling great, people tulips. It's a great the idea to build like fifty natural gas plants, all to feed Bitcoin mines. <laughs> I I truly, Sean, I'm willing to put aside our differences uh, for <laughs> for an antifada or history as a weapon. Uh, episode simply on Bitcoin because I think he would be fucking I think he's the best person to tackle it. But, right, uh, yeah. yeah, Bitcoin I like having to like be in a former life I was a finance bro, that wasn't obvious. Uh and uh having to explain like my out of date understanding of Bitcoin circa like 2015 to a bunch of people who simply do not give a shit, you're just like, wow, I can't even believe the shit that's coming out of my own mouth. Like, this is embarrassing for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, a lot of people uh, mine for mathematical hashes, which for some reason store value. Uh... <laughs> if, if you, um, it, it, what's on the screen right now, there's a website called cryptoart.wtf, right? For those of you listening in podcast format as opposed to watching in YouTube format, um, what I have here is a GIF that says banned in China with some barcodes above it, right? And then the, the, it breaks down the ecological cost of using the blockchain in order to, may, I don't understand if it's like- Make some sort of a point about yeah. why it's bad to use the blockchain, a thing which you could just explain yeah. with your words. This to 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 use the blockchain to make a non fungible token for this was two hundred and sixty two kilowatt hours of electricity, or the same of as a EU residents' electricity consumption for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, worth it, I, so I, worth it. I, it's the future. I mean, assuming we have a limitless supply of free energy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
if if they can come up with a perpetual motion machine, I'll be fine with you know Bitcoin. I won't be mad at it anymore. Until then, um, <laughs> I think this is a pretty bad idea. <laughs> it's fine. It's going to be yeah, fine. It's going to be fine. Energy. It's not like there's a. It's not like there's there's a cost to energy. You know, it's not. What like is with the what's with the China angle to, on this? By the to, way, cheap to me. I don't uh, know. Got, I, 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 you can hit. There's a randomizer on the site that gives you like um uh, a random piece of crypto art each time, and I just randomized it until I got one that was lame enough to put on the show. I, I assume there's, I don't know, maybe the, you scan the barcode and it goes to the Tiananmen Square Massacre because a bunch of these like crypto folks are also crypto fash. You can't, uh, you can't scan the barcode because it has a drop shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I retire. I'm out. You too, you too, this is your podcast now. Uh, happy to announce my breakaway podcast, uh, Fuck Justin Rosniak, uh, dropping everywhere in about 20 minutes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's the goddamn news. Okay, so we have to talk about nightclubs. I like this image you stole from cinemaisdope.com. Yes, but they stole they stole it from Airplane. <laughs> they stole from Paramount <laughs> yes, Pictures. Yeah. So shout out to the fits in the background of this photo. I appreciate every single like one the of sailor them. Sailor hat, yeah. The sailor hat the most, I think. Wait, but look I do on the like... left. Look on the left. We got a guy in a bumblebee striped shirt. Yeah. Huh? Yes. That's the that's the protagonist of B movie twenty years after the movie. This is the this is the disco scene from uh, Airplane. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I I you know what I would watch a gritty reboot of Airplane if it starred Bumblebee shirt guy. <laughs> you'd, you'd watch that right, and he's isn't like, isn't a gritty reboot of Airplane just the Nicolas Cage nine eleven movie? There's a Nicolas oh, Cage God. 9-11 There's movie? There's a Nicolas Cage 9-11 movie with John Turturro. Uh, it's what's called it World Trade Center. Oh, yeah! yeah Nicolas yeah, yeah, Cage yeah, yeah, yeah. is a firefighter. He has a mustache. Uh, John Turturro is a Port Authority cop, and they get stuck in an elevator on 9-11. It's great. And by great, <laughs> I mean it's 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 really it's, it's atrocious, man. St stuck in an elevator as the conceit for a movie is always entertaining. Yeah, although I did see one that was like stuck in an elevator, and also one of them is the devil. Is uh, that just called devil? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I, then I like the, that. Yeah, yeah, and there's a guy in the elevator control room who's like uh, spiritually in touch with this on the basis that he's Hispanic. That's like the whole angle is like, yeah, no, I, I, I think there's a devil here because um, Spanish. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Didn't that movie come out like 2006? Yes. Oh, yeah, it God. did. He's <laughs> like, I've, I've, I feel a, a presence of, of of evil, but like Spanishly using it's... using my using my Hispanic powers. Oh my God! So nightclubs, they suck, right? They're yeah. full of people you don't know who you don't like. Well, that's why they're illegal now. Sometimes they're full of people you do know who you don't like. Mm -hmm. Um. The music's too loud. Everyone's shouting. The lights are annoying. People keep bumping into you. The drinks are expensive. There's a cover charge, right? And you know, in addition, there's lots of ways to be killed in nightclubs, right? Um, like a fire or a stampede. Maybe there's a mass shooting. Uh, you can also get coronavirus. That's one. 
Uh, it yep. could collapse into the Delaware River. Um, various, <laughs> maybe you get stabbed or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my point is, go to a quiet, empty bar like an no, adult. Don't don't go to the bars because we're already there. Not not literally here not now, now because, because right. of the COVID. Right. But but uh, yeah, when you come into the bar, uh, it it is it is my favorite. Roz and I once went to a bar. At, I don't even remember what time it was. It was like two p.m. on a Saturday, probably. And this nice little bar at Twenty Fourth and Sansom. And oh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you remember it was me, you, the bartender, and that guy like gambling on soccer? Yes. That yeah. was good. And he was just like, oh, hey, guys. And we're just like, hi, we're going to be here That's for actually how we met. Two hours to yeah. drink in silence. Yes. Leave us alone. Bring me chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's a question. What's the best way to avoid being killed in the nightclub? Don't go to the club. Don't go to the nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the first good idea. But let's Sit say in the dark on Tinder and realize that no one will ever make you happy and then mm-hmm. start drinking. Start a podcast with your friends. Start a podcast with your friends. Let's say you are in the nightclub and you oh, don't want to get up. killed. Leave. Leave. Well, yeah, Leave. You got to make use of the most important building system, which is means of egress, right? <laughs> so one of the best ways to avoid a problem is to run away from it, right? Um, this is why building codes make requirements for means of egress. Um, there's a fire, you can leave. Maybe there's a toxic gas leak, you can leave. There's an earthquake, you can leave. There's a bomb threat, just leave, leave. the building. Just get out of the building, right? Um, maybe radiation hazard of some kind. Uh, I don't know. Someone get far enough away yeah, from just, it, it's yeah, fine. Just leave the building, right? As it clearly states in IBC section 1001.1, which I've reproduced here. If it sucks, hit the bricks. Oh, you reproduced it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no credit to Deshaza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them, they don't need it. Yeah. Too many followers already. Exactly. Um, so this is particularly, re- particularly relevant in areas with high occupant load, right? Theaters or nightclubs, stuff like that. Buildings have maximum occupancy limits to ensure that evacuation can occur in a prompt fashion. And, um, you know, the more exits you put in a building, the more people you can have yeah. in the building. It's, right? it's also a good habit to get into, or, although the downside is that you act like either Jason Bourne or somebody with CPTSD. But a uh, good yep. habit to get into is if you go into a place, when you do that, have an idea of where the ways out of that place are. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's very helpful. I actually yes, do get a little paranoid about that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And there's a <laughs> always one, always sit with your back to a wall so nobody can come in and shoot you while you're eating spaghetti and uh, meatballs. Uh, the, both me and my mom do that, and I listen. Um, <laughs> the uh, I will say it's always it's always funny as someone with an anxiety disorder when the first thing you do when you walk uh, into a new place is to find out where all the exits are, and it's people a thin just look, thin line uh, between. Like, I'm just like I need to know all the ways I can get out of here. I yeah. need to know all all the ways that I had to like if I had to jump out of a window and like drag Roz along because in this situation in this hypothetical Roz has like bravely broken his leg or something bravely bravely uh, broken his leg <laughs> trying to uh, dive behind the bar to steal beer. Yeah, that's and that's I'm, why <laughs> that's why you want an all 
uh, on a plane while you want all anxiety disorder exit row because we are ready for that responsibility <laughs> to the point that we will spend the entire flight stressing about it. Yes. Like, just... yeah, no, it, it, it's a thin, thin line between like having an anxiety disorder and having that kind of like tactical Jeff Cooper brain disease where you're like, I am in condition yellow all the time. <laughs> Doing well, why are you doing a barrel roll on the floor and you're just screaming condition yellow at some <laughs> poor server? <laughs> Alright, listen, condition orange, motherfucker. <laughs> just like taking the drinks tray, like using it as a shield, <laughs> doing some Captain America shield throwing. That's, it's just I, it's just you and a bad cover band, and they're just like, Why are you here? And you're like condition red. Condition red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been fucking activated. <laughs> so one of the problems with having lots of exits is that in venues like night nightclubs, uh, you know, they like to have one entrance, right? And the reason you have one entrance at a nightclub is so people can stand in line behind a, a, a velvet rope for a long time and VIPs can walk past them, right? Yeah, That's, and you can develop a cult of personality around the bouncer, Sven. Yeah, exactly, right? Humans so, a pack bond with anything, man. <laughs> the result of this is that while you know the, uh, this building may have many means of egress, lots of people instinctively try to leave the building the way they came in, right? Yeah, because they don't have anxiety disorders and are normal people who will be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to think about this, I'm going to have a nice time and enjoy myself instead of planning out all of the different scenarios as to what could happen yes. to ruin this. Yeah. Um, you know, so one one of the ways we, we came up with to combat this instinctive response is to invent the exit sign, which is good, but not enough, right? You know, mm. you, you, not, not everyone pays attention to these things. I mean, they're so common, you don't even notice them. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, they're just kind of like background furniture. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the thing you have to do is just take note of the exits when you go into a building. Uh, save yourself before you save others. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you get put in an exit row, spend the whole flight obsessing. Become Jason Bourne is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah, you yeah. have to like you have to live your life in such a way that everyone who sees you do anything, whether that's like take out the garbage or go to the store for yogurt at five p.m. because you want some yogurt, is like that's Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> you know, I knew it was coming too. Uh, yeah, I, just I know. Sort of, yeah. I, I do, uh, as someone who tries to avoid flying because of the aforementioned anxiety disorder, uh, it is always nice to sort of sit in one of those rows where you're like, you're looking over to the right and like, you know, and they know, you know, and you're just like, all right, we are going to be the best anxiety ridden cooperative this plane crash has ever seen. <laughs> what, what you've got to do is like, the only way you will feel comfortable on a plane is if you are an airline pilot. So you've got to become one of those. And then you can be like, oh, now all of the anxiety that I have is totally justified, and I can do stuff about it. Man was oh, yeah. not meant to fly. If we were, we'd have wings. Uh, yes. Just do what Roz does. <laughs> Drink 14 beers, and then still spend the entire flight having a panic attack. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the last time I flew uh, Transatlantic, I think it was, um, which was like five years ago, the last time I was on a plane, uh, I, I, I drank like a crap load of beers, and 
I still had massive anxiety and I couldn't so, sleep. It was the middle of the night and everything. <laughs> First live show in Glasgow, then, when you guys can like double down and can, like combine the anxiety of going out of the house for the first time in a year and a half. I'm gonna yeah. also tomorrow, baby. I'm ready. Hell yeah! And also flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't we'll take want a to, boat. We'll we take will a boat take a boat. Over. I don't want to think about what both Roz and I, Roz, who's like I've I've always figured that uh, that with Roz, if he starts panicking, you should start panicking. Mm. And like once once saw the plane, all bets are off. We're gonna have to sit on opposite sides of the plane because <laughs> Just like screaming constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I have to like the other fun detail about an anxiety disorder, which is I'm panicking all the time until the precise moment when things are actually bad, and then I enter a state Me of too. zen-like Me calm. Too. And it's like, yeah. where were you the rest of my fucking life? Somebody loses like their arm and there's arterial spray going everywhere, and I'm just like, yep, mm-hmm, yep. I'm gonna. I, I like to think of myself as extremely competent, but only in moments of crisis. Like, yeah. we've, uh, I've had my girlfriend's family, not going to obviously get into too far into details, but uh, has had a couple crises, and I am I am literally like uh, Zen from uh, Overwatch. I'm 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 two feet <laughs> off the floor. I'm I'm just you're like juggling orbs. orbs. Yes, yeah. I'm Zenyatta from Overwatch. <laughs> I'm just speaking very slowly and calmly, and normally I'm Reinhardt from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> So, luckily, we're going to go to a place you don't need to fly to, unless you're Alice, um, mm-hmm. which is beautiful Rhode Island. Okay. Right? Voted America's most mob-affiliatedist state. It is. Oh, it yeah. is. Good God, it is. Providence <laughs> is Boston's shittier, mobbed-up younger brother, but the Brown campus <laughs> is nice. So, you know, there's, there's wonderful things in Rhode Island. You can drink some Narragansett beer. Made in New York. Made in New York, right? Oh, yeah, disappointing. You you can become a baseball player and then nearly bankrupt the entire state because it's the size of a parking lot. Yep. You can have some New York system hot wieners. Right? Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called. Don't New explain York's... it. Move on. Move on yeah. rapidly. So she has to Google it herself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can, you can drink some coffee milk. Right? That looks pretty good. It is delicious. Yeah, yeah can confirm. Good. You can go to Providence and yeah, you see the mob. Uh, there's there's a really big navy base. Um, uh, you can you can go to Ocean State Job Lot. Um, Newport's nice. Uh, I actually stayed in uh, in Warwick uh, not all that long ago, and I forgot what a shithole it was, and it's mm. and it has not gotten any better since I was a kid. You could you could check out the state police who have the most fascist state police uniform, oh, which is saying sure something. <laughs> They're fully, fully like you think Massachusetts is bad. This is like this is va- the Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, this is like fucking nineteen forty one foul geld looking motherfuckers. <laughs> they love it, man. I oh uh, yeah. What else is in Pro- what else is in Rhode Island? Uh me setting the fire alarm off. God Okay, well, I know where all of my exits are. Yeah, so I was I'm about to say. Pretty certain we can just shout out to my friend Maggie who went to Brown. Yeah, just just kind of keep keep you talking. Can, you, you can get out yeah, of Rhode Island very yeah. quickly. This is going to be fun to edit out. Uh, no, Ross, leave it leave it all in. Ross, actually. Ross, you got it.
United States War, the Naval War College is, yeah. at, is in Newport. Uh, That's okay. Else? All right, fires so, out. All right. Yeah, I think we managed. I did, I did not die. Mm-hmm. Just leave all that in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. One of the things you used to be able to do in Rhode Island was go to the station, which was a nightclub in West Warwick. Oh, and it looks great. Oh, right. fuck. Dude, if this, wasn't, if this was not a club, I would be there every night. Is that Look Ozzy that Osbourne shit. in the middle? Uh, like yes, it. I think so. Is that... I, on the left, I want to say Alice Cooper? I was thinking, Maybe? I was thinking Alice Cooper. Originally, I thought Mick Jagger, but it can't be Jagger. His no. mouth looks weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not know that Alice Cooper was one of the great apes. <laughs> <laughs> this was conveniently located just a few miles from I-95 and TF Green Airport. The worst right? airport in America. I... Trust me on that one. Okay. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. It's Phoenix. Sky Harbor, baby. Well, I mean, <sighs> at least you can get places from Phoenix. You yeah, the, the only thing to do in Phoenix. You know, had you know, TF Green had had zero flights for like three consecutive years after 2015. That looks yes, cool. <laughs> yeah, like that one, the, that one field in the Everglades when they thought that everybody was going to use supersonic airliners, they built an airfield out in the middle of the fucking Everglades, and then nobody did, and it just kind of sank into a swamp. Mm. Oops. So this this building this building was built as a restaurant in the mid to late forties, right? Um, which is a uh, no one can quite figure out exactly the year it was built. Always a good sign. Always a good sign. Yeah. This is of course during a particularly bad time for building construction. You know, the combination of the old bad stuff and the new bad stuff. So I don't know wood frame construction, but also asbestos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll say one thing for asbestos, it fucking doesn't catch on fire easily. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, this one probably got abated at some point. Mm. Um, you know, sort of auto-oriented, single-story wooden box with a small basement. It had a couple renovations over the decades. It had a pretty significant fire in 1972, which they essentially rebuilt the interior of the building afterwards. Um, they had... They renovated the front of the building after a car smashed into it in 2001. Um, yeah, so it has this Wendy's, the old school Wendy's greenhouse sticking out of it. <laughs> I wonder if that's where the car hit. Oh, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> There's a major renovation in 1991, which converted the building from a pub to a nightclub, right? Those are two separate uses under the code. Um, oh, so they made it worse. Got it. Yeah. So nightclubs are held to higher standards because they frequently kill a whole lot of people, right? Yeah, um, because so many more people in them. So your 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 model code at the time is the one before IBC. I forget what it was called. Um, it, it required a sprinkler system for this use change, with no exceptions for older structures. Uh, now the local code, which is what actually governs, not the model code. Um, May have, may or may not have grandfathered this building in, right? Again, I cannot stress enough that Rhode Island is the United States' most mob affiliatedist state. Oh, oh, God, yeah. I figure they would, that the mob would go make them use their sprinkler contractor. 
unless they just pay the sprinkler <laughs> contractor and the sprinkler contractor never installed the sprinklers. That, see, that's shoddy workmanship. Mm. Yeah, you got to have like a, a through line I'm, to your I'm sprinkler little, guy. I'm a little annoyed Tony Pepperoni didn't come down, you know, every every six weeks to like, A, do you just come in swinging a baseball bat and it's like, did you test your sprinklers yet? You and they, have, they actually got to go through the whole thing, like Tony Pepperoni, the mob building inspector. I would kind of support the idea of outsourcing most infrastructure inspection to the mob. If only for the fact that it would lead us to uh, the Snowpiercer thing of them just showing up in the like blue windbreakers with Mafia on the back. I'd appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> did I say Snowpiercer? You, uh, you did. Fuck. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, you have a whole. You have a whole like. Um, a whole, yeah, the, um, the fucking mob windbreakers on the train. You know the thing I mean. It's original cyberpunk brain working good. Snow Crash. There we go. You have like a original name either. So. Yeah, you have like uh, you know, like the the staff shirts they hand that all the every event has, but instead of staff, it says mob. <laughs> <laughs> ask ask a friendly mobster for directions. Um, Guy trying to get in the back of a concert with a fake mob hivers. <laughs> so you know, I, I mean, okay, this building caught fire pretty significantly once in '72, and it, it was. It was good enough they could use it again. I mean, so who cares if there's a sprinkler system in there or not, right? Yeah. So, okay. In June of 2000, after a change of ownership, right, the new owners, who were two brothers, Jeffrey, two brothers, two brothers uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeffrey and Michael Derridarian, right? Oh. No. Not Jeffrey. First of all, Epstein may have been a psychopathic pedophile murderer or whatever, but he would have had the capital to actually use acoustic foam, as we'll get to. <laughs> we'll get to yeah. They decided to renovate the nightclub to improve acoustics and alleviate noise complaints from the neighbors, right? And uh, in the last episode, we made, some, uh, we made a couple jokes about podcasting safety, but uh, let's talk about acoustic foam here. Chances are, if you've wanted to improve your podcast audio quality, you've thought about putting up foam on your walls, right? We have never wanted to improve our podcast audio quality. Yes, I, I have not put foam on my walls. Uh, um, I've thought about it, but uh, then you guys all complain in the comments, so you don't get that. <laughs> I'm just going to hang a bunch of tapestries up. I'm going old school. Hey, put some uh, put some Oriental rugs up. Yeah, yeah. Become the uh, become the carpet woman. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and you may have looked at professional acoustic foams and like balked at the price right you know they're, they're pretty expensive right for what they are and you know maybe you're, you're smart you're a savvy shopper so you decide well why don't i just go get some egg crate packaging foam you know it's the same thing but it's much cheaper you go buy that you put it up on the walls and it works fine right but there's a reason that the acoustic foam is more expensive capitalism which is that it has to meet actual requirements for being in a building, right? Uh. <laughs> Namely, it has to be fireproof or at least fire resistant, right? So it, it's more expensive than regular polyurethane foam, both because of the materials, but also because of the rigorous testing required to prove the material meets fire code. And that testing is expensive. And so the company producing the foam needs to uh, amortize the cost of the testing over sale of the product, right? 
just a bunch of mafia foam testers. Yeah, you get the 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 mafia version of NIST. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, we understand you've been uh, cheaping out on your uh, acoustic foam. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna nail one of your hands to your cut rate foam, and maybe next time you come back to Tony Pepperoni's acoustic supply. <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of like mob rackets but all the stuff that they sell is actually genuinely very good quality is yeah this is Giovanni from Underwriters Laboratories uh, <laughs> we, we encourage all of our customers uh, to, uh, to, to, to buy the genuine article you know uh, otherwise you, you're going to get your dick nailed to the floor <laughs> that's what the $960 standard peanut butter is from NIST, mm. it's protection money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so standard polyurethane packing foam is not fire rated, right? It ignites very easily. It produces a very thick black smoke. It produces carbon monoxide and it produces hydrogen cyanide gas as it burns, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. <laughs> Just so, grenfelling myself in order to make my podcast 1% better. Yes. So we do it for you, fans. If you've put up packing crates, a packing uh, uh, egg crate uh, foam on your walls to improve the quality of your podcast, think twice before you take a smoke break in your podcasting studio, right? <laughs> Might I encourage you to try smokeless tobacco at buysnooze.com? Purveyors of better buy smokeless tobacco. <laughs> uh, you're just going to start doing ad reads for them, like without them even paying us. Great. You know, I just, mm. I, I just, I'm a believer in their products, Roz. <laughs> I'm not compensated for this. If I were compensated for this, I wouldn't have gotten my feelings so hard about the Patreon exit surveys. <laughs> <laughs> you just got a Patreon exit survey that was like, if he says buysnooze.com one more time, I'm hitting the fucking cancel button. And you, of course, were like, yo, you want to buy some snooze? I the reason for leaving, they, they, they support big tobacco. <laughs> yeah, sort of unironically at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Jeffrey and Michael uh, Derdarian do not think about, you know, getting the proper acoustic foam, right? Instead, <sighs> they bought $575 worth of egg crate packaging from uh, packaging foam from American Foam, which was oh, a local foam on, distributor, dude. right? They ordered it COD. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Um, for those of our listeners who don't remember uh, television advertisements with the blue background, COD is cash on delivery. Um, Again, Rhode Island. Yeah. So they, they got this foam and they glued it to the walls of the nightclub. Mm -hmm. Do we know the glue? No, I, I didn't look that it's up. It's going to be like modeling glue. I was thinking we, we that. Some like, fucking it's, just, it's just cement. straight up or Elmer's. Yeah, it's all yeah. <laughs> no, it's testers model airplane glue. Really stink <laughs> up the place. <laughs> yeah, but that said, you can affix anything to anything. No, you can only affix plastic to other plastic because it's not actually glue. It's a plastic cement. It sort of dissolves the plastic into other plastic. I think that would work fine. Yeah, also, I mean, because it's, it's what, plastic, how often right? do you need to glue something that's not plastic? 
subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon so I can move somewhere where I can have the room to get into scale modeling we like I want to. keep telling you to move to Philly and you keep not listening to me. <laughs> yeah, because there's a fucking pandemic is I what's don't happening. Care. Isolate in Roz's guest room. That's also, not my problem. Also, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube because I want one of those plaques. Oh, I do want one of those plaques. This is true. Um... All right, so let's look at the plan of the building, right? So most of the foam was around the walls back over here, right? Especially around the stage back over here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you see there's a kitchen, there's a bar, there's a dance floor, you got the sunroom. Man, have... I bet like food in this place was fucking great. Just looking at it, thinking <laughs> about what kind of foods you got here. Tendies. Just so, tendies. And you had a, a number of means of egress here, right? There's an exit from the kitchen. There's a side door in the main bar. There's an exit door for the band right next to the uh, bandstand, right? And then there's the front entrance, which is a pair of double doors, right? But then there's a single door behind that, and then this sort of constrained entryway on each side here, right? Uh, yeah. Just to keep the queue. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, exactly, right? Oh, you gotta, and this you, whole maze of fucking offices and like storerooms and shit at the back with no exits. Yeah, there's bathrooms Correct. up here. The offices back here. I have no idea what this crap is. Um, I think it's storage. Storage. Probably. storage yeah. There's a second bar back here. Um, one interesting thing of note is uh, a report from the Washington Post indicated that the plat the uh, band door back here was actually covered in foam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a as a separate piece, so it could move, or just like foamed I, I, over. I believe it was a separate piece, so it could move. Okay, it's funnier to me if you don't, if you just have it behind a thing of foam that you have you to like cut it tear yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, let's talk about the incident. Oh boy. Okay. So. The band was Jack Russell's Great White, right? Which was Jack Russell's solo band, uh, along with one other member of the original Great White, which had broken up in 2001. Oh, that's um, sad. Yeah. Shout out to the guy with the big mm -hmm. security shirt, though. I appreciate that. That could have said mob if we lived in a better mm -hmm. society. This is true, yes. That, that boy in front of the stage, is he thick, boy. That's a wide <laughs> that's man. That's a wide man. It's very it's wide, wide man, Speaking of yes. dangerous synthetic materials, look at that jacket. <laughs> I do like our guy in the cowboy hat and what I think is a socks jersey, but I couldn't be certain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... It's um, February 20th, 2003. There's 462 people in attendance for this concert, right? Um, there's a lot of people in this little building. Um, people it, really want to see Jack Russell and one member of Great White. White yes. <laughs> Their band manager was a man named Daniel Michael Bichelle, right? He was 26 years old, which I thought was interesting that he was managing this band full of people who were at this point probably 50. Um, <laughs> he had the bright idea to use pyrotechnics indoors as part of the show, right? I love the Hitman games. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent work, 47. Now head for an exit. So he had four gerbs, right? 
Those are like big sparklers. They're taking our curbs. Taking our curbs. <laughs> they were going to go off while the band played Desert Moon, which is one of their, I don't know, they had a, like a really hit hit signal, single, but it was like, it's a song they're apparently known for. I don't know anything about Great People White. People would recognize it and then the gerbs would go off and yes. everyone, all 462 people would be having a nice time. Yes. There were two, two of them going vertical. There were two of them at 45 degree angles, right? Like in front of the stage. So, you know, the lights go out, the opening acts come on, they go off. The main act goes on at 11. The pyrotechnics go off as scheduled, right? I mean, that's a success story. Pyrotechnics work. Pyrotechnics work, yeah. Um, well, the thing is, the two, the two that were at 45 degree angles spray sparks directly onto the foam and ignite it instantly. Oh. Yeah. So, all right. Some of the crowd, especially the people in the back, start to evacuate immediately. Other people think this is part of the show. <laughs> oh man, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> it's strange. Out of your you're, mind. you're drunk out of your mind. You're watching shitty dad rock. Of course, there's yeah. going to be stuff on fire. Yeah, this is true. Apparently, in the music video, there's also like a whole bunch of fire. So people thought, yeah, no, you I mean, can't you can't really see it that well. You're like maybe trying to like, like look over somebody's shoulder. Sure. <sighs> So, okay, so this is, this is a, a nightmare scenario if you're part of a band, right? Because all of a sudden you go from musician to evacuation coordinator, right? And hmm. chances are you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, as far as I know, only one person has managed to do this uh, transition properly, and that was Frank Zappa. Um, <laughs> Because uh, in December 1971, Frank Zappa and the Mothers were playing at the casino in Montreux in Switzerland. Someone shot a flare gun into the ceiling of the venue and the roof caught fire. Dude's rock. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, you, God, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear on the recording that the band stops and Zappa has to start calmly directing people to the exits. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. And as a result of this, no one, no one, no one died or was seriously injured in that particular fire. Even yeah, though but we did get the song "Smoke on the Water" out yes. of it, which is almost as bad. And the casino itself, the venue, uh, burned down and then exploded. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and then and then the next week, Zappa almost died from being pushed into an orchestra pit because karma is fake. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. great that we just have unfenced holes in stages. Yeah, to do that. right. <laughs> um, now, Jack Russell, who is the lead vocalist for Great White, and I guess inventor of the terrier. Um, yeah, inventor of the dog. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no he, he's no Frank Zappa, right? About is, twenty. Is this him in the mom jeans? I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. But no, About, but. About 20 seconds after the fire started, the band stopped playing, and Russell just said into the microphone, Wow, that's not good. Well, he's not wrong. He's not no, wrong. He's correct. So he had like a, a bottle of water up there on the stage with him, and he tried to throw that at the fire, and you know, that, that, that didn't work. <laughs> Look, musicians, I, I, I love them dearly, but oftentimes, <laughs> <they're> not... <laughs> how can I put this delicately? 
looking at a bunch of burning egg crates that's like spraying off carbon monoxide, which means you're already getting dumber without even realizing it. Yes. And you have your like fucking bottle of Irish Spring or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So the band, the band hits the bricks. They get the hell off the stage, right? And patrons started rushing for various exits, but mostly the main entrance, right? The polyurethane foam burned extremely rapidly and filled the venue with really thick black smoke in under about two minutes, right? Um, sort of ignited the wooden structure behind it. Now, this is, keep in mind, this started uh, around just after 11. Here's uh, 11.24. Um, oh, holy <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's not gone well. Um, this whole incident was caught on film, which I haven't watched and I refuse to watch. Uh, I, I, I did for this. Once again, I'm giving you the Bifid Dolphin advisory, which is like, I know some of you have the same broken brains as me, which will be like, oh yeah, I should see this. Uh, yeah, don't. Don't, don't do <laughs> yeah, that. Don't do it. I also have not watched it. My anxiety disorder uh, keeps me out of nightclubs just fine, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Brian Butler was a cameraman for WPRI TV, Providence's Fox affiliate, right? Um, and he was recording B-roll for a story on nightclub safety, um, which was being uh, uh, which a reporter was doing. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Gandhi's station. joke about Western civilization. Nightclub safety, I think, would be a good idea. And um, the reporter who was uh, who was doing the story actually was Jeffrey Derdarian, who was part owner of the nightclub. Um. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Yeah, cool. I see this in the notes, and just like, what are you? No one vetted this. I, you couldn't find one other. Rhode person. Island. It's, it's very Rhode it's a Island. very small state. It's, it's difficult to avoid. It's very small it's and very, very, very corrupt. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, very hard to avoid conflicts of interest as a it's, result. It is very corrupt. My my some of my favorite stories are from my dad back when because uh, Providence and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head had like the most corrupt mayor in the history of mayors, oh, whose name fucking, I'm totally blanking on. We can add like, it later. Started, like, started with a C, kind of Italian. Yeah, like, Cuccinelli, Cicciolini, like, like, something like that. Comedically corrupt. Like, kind of chelly. Uh, <laughs> most corrupt, yeah, fucking uh, uh, most corrupt Rhode Island politician is and what I'm Googling right now. And that's hard. That's Body like Chianchi. Body Chianchi? Chianchi. Yeah. It actually has on his Wikipedia page both pronunciation and Italian pronunciation. <laughs> I yeah, you have to address oh, like, hilariously formally corrupt. You have to use the Italian pronunciation. But the Cianci. Yeah, he 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 actually uh this isn't true, but I just like to think of he was the guy who like fronted the brothers the money for it. Yeah, was like, but buddy, also collected the insurance money on it. Really, this is the the first paragraph of his Wikipedia page is was an American politician, attorney, radio talk show host, political commentator, convicted felon, <laughs> and mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, for over twenty one years. Yep. What well, was he a convicted felon after or before the mayor? mayor oh, Barry? this would be after yeah. after. So he's no he's no Marion Barry. 
Marion Barry did nothing wrong. This is true. <laughs> Come on. Some <laughs> personal use. No, I mean, coming back from prison and running for mayor and winning is the kind of energy I need. Mm. All right. So the timeline here is very short, right? Within yeah. five minutes, flames were coming out the roof of the venue, right? The building was engulfed in the interior earlier than that. By the time fire crews got there, it was almost all over. Some of the eyewitness accounts are kind of conflicting. And there's a few reports actually indicated that a bouncer blocked patrons from using the stage exit. Um, See, uh, this is why people love bouncers so much. Yeah. <laughs> So these are... Uh, Motherfucker, these are, you can see the fire. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to die of smoke inhalation. You're still standing there like, nope, band only. I mean, uh, <laughs> at least you kind of, again, have the excuse of you're breathing in a load of carbon monoxide, the gas that makes you dumber. Yes. So here's a few, here's a few eyewitness accounts from the very extensive NIST report. Um, so this is from Paul Vanner, a club employee. After the fire started on the sides of the stage, Vanner moved toward to the sound control booth towards the back of the concert space and picked up a fire extinguisher that was stored there. He said, I hit the pin, hit the trigger just to make sure I got something coming out of it. Then I'm heading for the stage and realize a fire extinguisher has no chance against this. We've got to get out of there now. And then, then he did so, of course. Christopher Travis, who was a club patron, Travis was somewhere in the middle of the crowd when the fire started. He said, nobody wanted to give up their spot. People felt like it would just be put out. Uh, Travis did not start to evacuate until after the lights in the club had gone out. Jesus. Uh, Robert Riff, who is another club patron. Riff was attending the concert with a friend on the night of the fire. Upon noticing the growing fire, he and his friend began to evacuate. We both turned and headed for the main door, which was the only door we knew of. They made their way to the main door, and he said, Just as we reached the point where the two hallways came to one, the thick black smoke just completely filled the room. I couldn't see. I couldn't breathe. As I got within inches from the front doorway, I just came to a complete stop. Once out of the building, Riff attempted to assist others and evacuated. I tried pulling on one man and could not get him to even budge the tiniest bit. I grabbed onto a woman who was trapped at the bottom of the crush and couldn't get her to budge either. He eventually left the area of the main entrance and observed the scene from the parking lot. He said we could, we could see people coming out of the windows. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, it takes me back to, to Hillsborough, our episode on that, where like once people get crushed in like that, you can't move them, and people right. just sort of die anyway yeah walter castle another club patron castle attempted to use the door by the stage early in the fire's development his statement indicates that he was told by a club employee that the exit was for band members only castle said i come to find out it was a band exit i ended up throwing him out of the way boom yeah, uh, yeah. good here's anthony Betancourt. A West Warwick, Rhode Island police officer. Uh, I, I I tried to shoot the fire. <laughs> I tried to shoot. The fire. No, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I I proceeded in a in a direction towards the incandescent style. No, he very, very humanely actually beat the fire with his baton. Officer, 
Officer Betancourt was pushed out of the main exit of the club by the initial rush of people. Once outside, he apparently heard people kicking at windows and proceeded to break some of these windows with his baton. Literally the <laughs> only good thing you could use a baton I, for, I, and he I, finds it. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously, like, uh, talk about the humanity just sort of, of people in these situations, but I like the, like, the idea that this is probably this being Rhode Island, like a horrifically corrupt cop who just, like, beats people mm -hmm. for fun in poor neighborhoods. How many I, racial slurs you think that 30, baton's got 30, engraved into 30. it? And he's just like, oh... <laughs> I can use this not to hurt For people, good. but to help people. And he's just smashing windows and calling them all the N-word for some reason. And like, they're just like, yeah, well, yeah, no he, one... saved, he saved my life, but I kind of wish he hadn't. <laughs> many, many people got out with their lives. Nobody got out unslurred. No. I, uh, I drank both a, a large cup of coffee and a blue monster energy. So I apologize for the bathroom break there, but it was, I, I was an unstoppable train of, uh, <laughs> waste removal. That's fine. At least you didn't set the fire alarm off. Yes. So he and other officers helped numerous people, both conscious and unconscious, exit through the windows. Eventually the officers could no longer reach people immediately inside the windows and began to call the call for the occupants to come to the window, right? According to one uh, according to Betancourt, one occupant just ran through one of the windows. Oh hell yeah, just trucked it. Yeah. Dude's rock. And he said, yeah, he opened up a nice hole. <laughs> That's that guy. That guy uh, goes back and watches the footage of the burning building every so often to see if there's video of him punching a hole through a window <laughs> and just running <laughs> running through it, Aaron Donald style. Just, oh, this hurts so much worse than sugar glass. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> God, that meme would have been current at the time. Yeah. Too. Oh, don't tell me that. We're all so old. <laughs> yeah. This was 18 years ago. I remember this happening. <laughs> I hate Rhode Island. Um, here is an image from the cameraman who had evacuated through the stage door. <laughs> this is about four minutes or so after the fire began. You can see, um, yeah, that smoke is... You can flipping. see fuck all, because it's yeah. turned the inside of the club into a volcano. Yes. <laughs> Just um, like, oh, so, sorry, I thought I was watching Great White, or one member of them, plus the guy who invented <laughs> dogs, and I've now been transported to fucking Herculaneum. Here yeah. I am, at Vesuvius, live on the scene at Vesuvius. Things, as you can see, are going poorly. <laughs> you ever see that guy at Vesuvius who just was jerking it when he got, like, flash fried? That's cool. Yeah, what else are you gonna do? So, um... I remember there was one eyewitness account from one person who got trapped in the crush at the door. I couldn't find it again. I put it in there, and it's like, yeah, you, you could just get, you, this guy just got trapped at the bottom of the crush of people with a whole bunch of, like, corpses on top of him. Nope. Um, but he was close enough to the exit that he got some fresh air, and it didn't die. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. What a way to survive, though. Holy know, shit. Right? He had to grab, like, a fireman's boot with the only arm he could free from the pile. Um, to indicate that he was there. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. So, all right. The fire department showed up. 
this is the worst kind of uh, floor plan you can ever see right here. Um, the uh, fire department showed up quickly. They extinguished the fire pretty quickly because, you know, it's just a small structure fire, right? Not a lot of opportunity for life-saving, though, right? You know, you mm. got a, a stampede and a major fire is not a great combination. Yeah, you're fighting against the tide, basically. Yeah. A lot of people got killed all over the building. Uh, largest number was right here in the vestibule. You see, they found 31 dead people there. Um, you know, and there was, um, but, you know, people were getting killed, you know, everywhere, like in the sunroom here. You know, there's uh, some people who went in the back of the building, died. People died in the bathroom. Uh, not a lot of people at the bar died. That seemed to be the place to go if you wanted to survive this one. Um, so here, here's a rule of thumb, though. We're going to talk about this one right here on the dance floor. Rule of thumb, do not re-enter a burning building. But my stuff. Yes. Understandably, um, but uh, no, do not enter a burning building. Do not re-enter a burning building under any circumstances. Unless you're a firefighter and you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> even then. Even then. Try to you avoid may, maybe it. Might want to avoid that too, yeah. So the guitarist for Jack Russell's Great White, Ty Longley, re-entered the burning building to grab his guitar, right? So now, now I have some questions. Question one, was this like a guitar with sentimental value? Because if not, that's more sad that you're like, oh yeah, I, I need this badly enough in order to survive that I'm willing to jump into a fucking volcano caldera. To be yeah. fair, it's probably his most prized possession, and yeah. it's very hard to replace because he has no money, which is yeah. why he's playing in West Warwick, Rhode Island. Yeah, nobody yeah. who's playing this show is having a great time already. No. But, <laughs> but, I, but I see your point, yeah. But this is, like, deceptively easy, right? Uh, uh, or, it looks easy enough, right? Go in the building, go ten feet this way, grab the guitar, go back out, right? Easy, simple. Right. Um, and, you know, musicians equipment is expensive and musicians don't make that much money. Right. Um, so he's no, like, it's not like any of these guys have insurance. Yeah. No. Um, so he goes in to grab his guitar and dies. Um, oh, yeah. OK, then. I mean, sounds obvious when you say it like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, he, I guess he got lost or something. You know, because again, the whole the whole building he's is fighting just, through Vesuvius. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's Vesuvius. what you might call an environment incompatible with life, right yes. here. It's like deciding you're gonna fucking like go do a Venus mission, uh, like, and you don't have a space or anything. You're just gonna walk around for a bit and see how you manage. Yeah, I, I bet I could do. I could. I bet I could go uh, spend five minutes on Venus, no problem, right? No, it turns yeah, out you get flattened. Cloud. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you get flattened into a pancake by the pressure, like crushed, like a can, you know. Mm. And that good. Ah, oh, canned Ross. Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go to Venus. And but it's a convenient and easy to carry format. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, in addition to Ty Longley, you know, it's about a hundred people dead at the end of the day. Um, we're 98 dead on the day, 
two others die in hospital shortly afterwards in this conflagration in this small building. And there's 230 people with like significant injuries from smoke inhalation and burns and thermal trauma and so on and so forth. This was a pretty bad mass casualty event, all things considered. Especially, oh, yeah, uh, that, that's an overwhelm the hospital's number. Yes. I mean, the good news, and I say good with a heavy air quotes here, is that like most of the people who die just die outright, and there's no helping them, so you're not like having to chase down all of this stuff that you could be doing, because it turns out it's not really something that you can, you know, it, it's either prevention or nothing, which... Yeah. What's the aftermath here, right? Um, so the NIST performed an extensive investigation, including full-scale mock-ups and 2003 computer simulations, right? And they concluded that while a sprinkler system would not have contained the fire, it would have at least given people adequate time to evacuate, right? This is a pretty out-of-the-ordinary fire, all things considered, because you had 400-and-something people uh, essentially packed in a, a, a packing crate, right? Uh, which mm. then caught fire. Um, yeah, we, we but, locked a bunch of people into an egg box. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, not good, not good. But if there were a sprinkler system, it may have given people time to evacuate. Um, and after this, everyone got sued, right? The band got sued. Mm -hmm. Club owners got sued. Mm -hmm. State of Rhode Island got sued. Mm -hmm. The town of West Warwick got sued. Yeah. Sealed Air Corporation, who was the manufacturer of the foam, got sued. I'm sure they weren't worried. They probably put, don't use this to line the inside of your mm -hmm. nightclub with on that. I think they ended up settling out of court. I think pretty much all of these folks got settled out of court. Yeah. Um, the television sense. station got sued. <laughs> <laughs> what? Company, Just for being nearby? Yeah. The company who built the speakers the band was using got sued. That's not fair. Because <laughs> they, used, they used some foam in the speakers. Uh-huh. Sure. Anheuser-Busch got sued for some reason. <laughs> um, Home Depot got sued. I don't know that one. I don't know why they got sued. Um, we probably sold them the glue. I don't know. Maybe. The radio station which promoted the show got sued. Yeah, American Foam Corporation got sued, right? Um, Did they sell them any of the foam, or was it just because they had foam in the name? I think American Foam Corporation sold them the foam, but the foam was manufactured by Sealed uh, Air Corporation. They sued the concept of foam. Yes. Yeah, they sued the inventor of foam, George Foam. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Foamwell. So most of these folks, uh, most of these folks settled out of court. Something like $115 million was awarded to the victims. Um, you know, and a lot of the victims wound up, even if you were uninjured, a lot of folks wound up with like post-traumatic stress disorder and other nasty yeah, no conditions kidding. like that, yeah. Now, I mean, bear in mind, $115 million divided by 462. Uh, You're still getting like 50 grand? No. Yeah. It's a lot of Xboxes. That's a lot of Xboxes, yeah, I was just going to say. amount of Xboxes, yeah. Um, of course, that's that's gonna run through in therapy real quick, but you know, it's true. Um, no, that's two hundred forty-eight two hundred forty-eight thousand nine hundred seventeen dollars. Yeah, buy a house, you and then house, you can yeah. yeah, you know that'll, that'll fill that house with Xboxes. Yeah, that'll that'll comfort you during the uh, the nightmares. 
hmm. and the unending psychological trauma. You're buying a house in 2003 as well. So, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. You can buy a town with that kind of money. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> oh, God. So <laughs> now who went to prison? This is the next one. Daniel Michael Bichelle, the, uh, the band's manager. The guy who set off the gerbs. Yeah, the guy who set off the gerbs. He pleaded guilty against the advice of his lawyers. Um, uh-huh. Sentenced to 15 years, 11 suspended, right? That seems um, a little unnecessary. Yeah. Well, some of the victims wanted a harsher sentence, but also there were a lot of victims who thought it was really stupid to sentence him at all. Um, nah, I can kind of see both ways. I go yeah. back and forth on that. Like, on the one hand, he's a guy who, like, thought, oh, we set up some flame cannons um, indoors at it, this kind of dodgy nightclub. It's disputed whether he had permission to set up the cannons or not. He said he had explicit... Uh, permission by the nightclub owners to set up the gerbs, and the I'm nightclub sure owners said, "No, no, we, we, didn't, we didn't." I, I believe that. that he did. I yeah, I, I think he had. I, he he must have had permission. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, this this guy is like twenty six years old, right? And that's hmm. like twenty six year old is a prime period of your life for making incredibly stupid decisions. Yeah, I joined a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was paroled in March two thousand eight. Um, he also was immensely remorseful afterwards. I think he sent handwritten letters to every single one of the victims, um, <laughs> apologizing. I, I figured that's why he pled guilty as well. Yeah. Um, now, Michael and Jeffrey Dardarian, right, pleaded no contest to avoid a trial. Uh, Michael got sentenced to... <laughs> oh, no, no low contendere, the dickhead's guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Michael sentenced, uh, same sentence as uh, the manager, four years or 15 years with 11 suspended, Jeffrey to 10 years suspended. Uh, Michael was released June 2009, right? Um, I, I think they were less remorseful overall. You're telling me nightclub owners are unsympathetic? Uh, I'm incredible. Um, the lot where the building stood was turned into a memorial park, right? And governor of Rhode Island made indoor pyrotechnics illegal at venues which hold fewer than 300 people. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, the station nightclub was rated for 402 uh, people or 420 people, depending on the source I looked at. So... Indoor a slightly tent. smaller scale version of this will never be allowed to happen again yes. in a <laughs> tiny state. Hooray. And uh, the NFPA, the National Fire Protection Association, I think that's the right acronym, they decided to mandate sprinklers to be installed in all nightclubs with no exceptions. Right? With that mandate being up to local municipalities to accept and enforce. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I love federalism. <laughs> well, the NFPA is a private uh, organization. Yeah, because you, you yeah. can't even have like a, a, a federal like fire protection thing because small government. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, so, you know, what did we learn from this? Don't, Don't go, go to nightclubs. Night Don't go to nightclubs. Don't, Don't go do to it. them. You have to go to a concert, go to one that's outdoors. Which is your only option for right now, anyway. This is true, yeah. This um, is for your own good. 
<laughs> Good lord. All right. But like, it's one of those things where like COVID is doing us a favor. Is like, yeah. along with masking, making it so that like this is the first year when a bunch of people just haven't had a bad cold or a flu. Yeah. Uh, we're also like not burning to death in nightclubs, and also no school shootings. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. The uh, small, small cost of five hundred and something thousand senior citizens. Yeah, uh, it's fine. It's fine. And I don't know what the global total is right now. Um, oh, yeah, many, yeah. many. Hey, but on the plus side, you can always read Andrew Cuomo's book about leadership lessons that he learned from I this pandemic. Rather stick my dick in a blender. Thank you, though. I, <laughs> I, so, someone's got to do something about that guy. I'm not. I'm not suggesting anything illegal, but someone's got to do something about that guy. <laughs> I think he's currently being uh, hashtag cancelled by cancel culture, so you may get your wish. Oh well, I'm I'm sure cancel culture will get him out of office in some fashion because it's so effective, right? <laughs> <laughs> he'll go. He'll go speak at uh, CPAC next oh, year. Yeah, he'll be at CPAC America next year. Even more uncancelled. He'll go full Zell Miller. <laughs> Wonder, wondering what to do with my like warehouse full of liberal ass Cuomo-sexual merch. You're gonna go with wondering what to do with my warehouse full of corpses. Um, mm. Also, thing yes, Cuomo has. Oh, Ben Franklin. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, nightclub fire safety is fucked up, along with many other things. And Don't go to nightclubs. Not Don't do it. Do it. Um, and if you do, if you absolutely have to, be Jason Bourne. Know where the exits are. Yeah. Always, always have a secret plan to leave. <laughs> have oh. a friend with an anxiety disorder and get them to teach you to think like them. Yeah, like the last time I was in a big venue, I think it was, I think it was to see Chapa Trap House at a Union Transfer. Union <laughs> Transfer, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, Liam and I were there just like standing in the back, like, oh, there's a lot of people in there. We're gonna we're gonna hang by the exit here. We can see the stage the, just fly. The, the fire <laughs> starts and just you have a bunch of podcast listeners being like, uh, is this irony? Is this a bit? <laughs> burning to death. Burning to death. Uh, just as a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for our first live show, which begins with a one-hour safety briefing <laughs> about I, I would the emergency exits. Definitely start with a uh, indication of where the emergency exits are in the venue. Um, this week in safety briefing: Don't increase the population. Don't decrease the population. Don't end up in the <laughs> hospital, newspaper, or jail. If you end up in jail, establish dominance quickly. Have a good weekend. <laughs> uh, man remembers his general orders. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Look at you timing all the drops. Right? I've nailed it this week. All right. Today's Safety Third comes from France. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so long. (laughs) Please allow me to tell you about a crazy event that happened to me back in April of 2018. Okay. I used to work in a small village in France. Insert insert mandatory baguette joke in French here. Baguette. 
for a company <laughs> manufacturing and assembling seat frames for the Peugeot 3008 and 5008. Yes, bad car, I know. Anyway, back then I was in the last leg of my apprenticeship to validate my master's degree in industrial performance. The main subject of this apprenticeship was on the optimization and improvement of the supply chain between the stamping machines and a laser welding robot. My whole memoir was built around this robot and its improvement. This will become relevant later. <laughs> so on this early afternoon of April around 3 p.m., I was drinking a coffee at my desk during one of the many breaks only we French know how to do. Which yeah, because you have unions. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Right? You can go. You can go hold the boss hostage. You know, and no one can do <laughs> yeah, like You fist fight it. a cop. Don't yeah, give a exactly. shit. Exactly. The firefighters should come back you up. Fist fighting the cops. Which is when God, firefights are cool. Which is when I began to feel the ground shaking. Note: This wasn't unusual. I mean, everyone who has worked in the stamping industry uh, will know that it's when you're not feeling teeth shattering vibrations that something is off. But these vibrations were a little bit different. I didn't have time to question what it could be when suddenly I was deafened by a huge roar coming outside. I stood up just in time to see that two Mirage fighter jets had just flown right overhead. <laughs> As I am a huge av geek, I just laughed it off, almost cheering those two pilots. I even said out loud, how cool was that to a colleague? And that's right when the emergency siren of the factory started. Oh, boy. As we evacuated to the factory parking lot, I learned from other colleagues that part of the workshop roof had collapsed because of the jet wash. Or at least that's what we thought. I sort of see there's, there's a beam bent here. Um, the, uh, but, um, yeah, I see a thing uh, here that says mm -hmm. perforation du toit. Which I appreciate. <laughs> Ten minutes later, a panicked security officer came back and told us to leave the company grounds and move it back at least 300 meters. As it turns out, they had just found a bomb in the rubble. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, we promptly retreated. We had to wait an hour or uh, an hour and 30 to about two hours for the IED team of the Gendarmerie Nationale to, to come <laughs> Gendarmer how do I how do I pronounce that? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Keep fine. going. Fine. <laughs> so I believe that's the uh the 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 um see I it's, it's these these liberal French uh military units. They're all about gender, you know. <laughs> the, the, uh, the gendarmerie. The gendarmerie. The gender army. Um <laughs> oh, oh, we're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> Um, well, it took them an hour and a half to arrive because they had to do all their pronouns first. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Pronoun check at 16,000 feet, baby. <laughs> That's impressive stuff. All right, cadets. Uh, <laughs> it's three in the morning. Uh, you're going to say up, get your up, pronouns? Get up, get up, get up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th thankfully, it was not a live bomb, but the remains of an inert one used for training which still had about 25 kilograms of explosive in it. I, um, think, I think the French Air Force have a very different definition of the word inert. <laughs> <laughs> we got very lucky as there were no fatalities and only two lightly injured personnel due to the roof collapse. 
it was break time, so no one was in the workshop. No, it's France. If this shit had dropped 100 meter on the left, it would have hit a highly explosive grain silo, and 75 meters further, it would have hit an equally explosive gas tank used for forklifts. Um, <laughs> so once well, again, the fucking well, exemplary accuracy of the armée de l'air. Yes. Once the explosive scene gave the all clear, we were able to go back to our cars and leave, and life pretty much resumed as usual. A few minutes later, the BEA, which is the French equivalent of the NTSB, submitted its report on what happened. Le NTSB. Le NTSB. <laughs> the, 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 the two mirages were on a training mission that involved a bombing run on a, on a military terrain in eastern France. During these missions, it is commonplace for the pilots, even if it's not actively encouraged by the Air Force, to practice the bombing run by simulating a few while on the way out to the military uh, area, right? Um, <coughs> and as it turns out, our factory was commonly used as a practice target by these pilots. That, is, that sounds so fucking safe. Oh, man. man. What happened was that during the simulated bomb run, the Tom Cruise wannabes came up a little bit too fast. So yeah, because they feel the need for speed. When they pulled up, the G-forces were enough that the latches holding one of the inert bombs failed, and the bomb punched a hole right through the wall of our workshop, causing parts of the roof to collapse and ruining one of our machines. You see, here, here's the hole it made. The bomb. Uh, in well, la machine au ventre? Okay. Yes. Um, well, I gotta say, good shot. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Pow! That's, just that's, nailed it right between the two massive hazards. That's pretty much uh, just about what one of the best bombing runs you, you can come up with right there. Um, <laughs> he, he hit that target. Yeah, fuck this machine yeah. specifically. <laughs> so the Air Force maintenance crews ended up getting the blame, but since they are not 100% sure of which part of the holding system failed first, no one was sacked. Of it's course. still shitty that it was them and not the pilot, yeah. you know? The damage I guess you've got to have, maintain like the dignity of the officer corps, even when they're yeah. doing fake attacks on people's workplaces. <laughs> the damages were all paid to the company for an undisclosed amount, of course. Mm -hmm. And now the conclusion, the bouquet finale, if you will. Remember how I said my whole apprenticeship depended on one machine? Oh no. Well, guess oh, which buddy. one was ripped open by the bomb? <laughs> Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, professor, yeah, I, I, I'm the, the Air Force has fucking Air destroyed my, my, <laughs> thesis. <bombed> my thesis. <laughs> what do you mean, no extension? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! Wait, I'm a truther about this. This is too good to be true. It's an inside job. You had a friend in the Air Force. <laughs> Who was really, really good at bombing? And apparently, <laughs> really owed you a favor. <laughs> it turns out that just a calling it in on this thing with a laser target designator. A laser. This this hole was actually made by the laser, not by the bomb. <laughs> so it turns out having a bomb blow up your working subject is a pretty good argument to ask the jury for clemency. Um, <laughs> All's well that ends well. I ended up getting my master's degree. I now have a fulfilling job as a supply chain engineer 
And I have a very fun story to tell my friends and some podcasters. Thank you so much for reading. I've enclosed some of the pics and a report of the incident submitted by the BEA in, in French. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh, we appreciate it. We have some yeah. like genuine inside insight here. Yes. Uh, congratulations on the degree and on the job, and I hope that you station a network of anti-air defenses yeah, around whatever you're working them. on in future. <laughs> These <laughs> bastards! <laughs> never, we never have this shit happen again, and therefore I have purchased a Shilka self-propelled anti-air gun. <laughs> Keep up the good work on the podcast, I really enjoy it, and I'm always looking forward to the next episode. And hey, oh, if you ever want you. some... French-made industrial disasters, I'd be glad to help you find some information. Hell yeah. I like this one. This was good. Yeah, this is good. Yes. Shake hands Shake with hands. danger. Don't. This is something that could have been avoided with proper safety procedures, obviously. That's right. You know, if they had just armored their building, they'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you need to consider surface-to-air missiles Always. as part of your factory safety yes. plan. You never know when you're going to get bombed. All right. So, our next episode is on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, so, what uh, do we have commercials here at the end? Uh, I have one. Me, Abby Thorne from Philosophy Tube, and my friend Devon have just started a podcast called Kill James Bond, about why James Bond is such a dickhead. We have a Podbean, we have a Patreon, it's patreon.com slash killjamesbond. Uh, it works much like this, in that it's a podcast and you can listen to it with your ears. I highly recommend it. I, I, wow, I listened to the first technology. episode. It was we good. have a fucking theme song! We put so much effort into this, man. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a good podcast. You should listen it's to Kill James Bond. Um, we, we have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash WTYP pod where you, have, you can get bonus episodes. Um, yeah. Our next bonus episode is on the Bradley fighting vehicle, I believe. Yeah, we're basing this entirely off of the documentary Pentagon Wars. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have uh, Nate and Francis from Hell of Way to Die on again uh we haven't recorded yet uh sorry for that but our schedules didn't line up until uh next weekend which is when we will record it and i will stay up all night editing it and then upload yes it. yes sorry 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 i'm not yeah. <laughs> this is the life you chose um and then uh we have uh we, we can receive mail now Yes, we have a P.O. box. Thank you to whoever sent me seven pounds of peas. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Don't send me peas anymore, please. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck it. Send them more peas. Don't send them this shit gets to me. <laughs> <laughs> we also have merch. We do have merch. Uh, if, if, if you want international shipping on the merch uh, soon, soon, we will yeah. figure something yeah, out. Liam yeah. and I are just going to Mail ourselves. Mail ourselves. Yeah, that's probably what we're going to do. Need to figure do. out some way of like. I guess if you if you if you want it, like fucking email the yeah, podcast account and we'll yeah. work something out. Jesus yes, Christ! Now, and then we'll figure out a spreadsheet or say Google Forms or something. Oh boy. Send us money. We'll send you stuff. Yeah, that's right. And you can just send us stuff. And if you want to anyway. send us stuff, you can send it to. Well, there's your podcasting company, P.O. Box forty one seven eight, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nineteen one zero six. Alright, thank um, you. That's the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the United States. Um, 
for more precision, as opposed to the other Philadelphias out there, which are in other in Pennsylvanias, in other Pennsylvanias. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if you send it to Philadelphia, Greece, I think it's Greece, or is it Turkey? There's, there's a bunch of Philadelphia. Is that Philadelphia? There's a new Philadelphia in Ohio. Ohio. And I think there's actually a new Philly in Boston, in, uh, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. I'm yeah. tired. I'm All right. There is, a se- there is a second Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. There's yeah. a Philadelphia, Mississippi. Um, um, yeah. Um, so make sure, make sure you get the right <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>